0: From 1967 to 1987, Pastor Denny and Nancy Davis were the senior pastor couple of People's Church. During that time, the church had an address change, and a lot went into that address change, as you're going to hear tonight. Uh, The faithfulness, the daring faith of that congregation to move to Lancaster, to this location. After serving here at People's Church, The Davises went on to serve in leadership over the Oregon Ministry Network, our family of uh, churches across the state of Oregon, and also uh, then on to serve as president of Northwest University. So would you please welcome Pastor Denny Davis.
1: I I, I turned this thing on, so I'm, I'm on. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Before you start, could yes. I just ask a couple of questions sure. of the church family? If you, if you or one of your children were dedicated by Pastor Denny during his time in ministry here, uh, in child dedication or baby dedication, would you raise your hand? Oh, my wow! Way. Wow, look at those hands.
1: How about getting married here? if you were,
0: if you were married uh, by, if, if Pastor Denny officiated your wedding and you're here tonight, would you raise your hand? Wow. And uh, what I, th- I think may be the most important question, if you came to faith in Christ under the leadership of Pastor Denny, would you uh, raise your hand? Praise God, praise God. Well, welcome home. Thank, thank you. you. Thank it's, uh, you, Pastor thank Denny. You.
1: It's, really, it's really a privilege to be here tonight, and I feel so humbled. Uh, I understand that you got some notes, uh, note thing there. Uh, last Sunday night, uh, Pastor Tom, I, uh, he texted me and said, uh, can you send us your notes? I disappeared. We, uh, we live in a crazy house. It's uh, three stories, and uh, fortunately we have an elevator, or I couldn't live there, and... Um, and uh nancy said where have you been i disappeared and uh i got back in about an hour or so and i said well uh pastor tom's been bugging me so i had to do something and uh, so uh uh, this uh, you know i told nancy the last time i spoke i said i hope you enjoyed that because it's the last time you're ever going to hear me and here is here's the last time now nancy uh And, and and interest. This is the 7,903rd time that I've spoken, and uh, they haven't all been different sermons because, like you, I did multiple things. So uh, uh, I've 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 done this thing before, and uh, let's hope that to, and pray that I don't blow it totally tonight. Uh, I, I I haven't worried about being humble in life uh, because I married Nancy. And she, and, and she has kept me humble. Uh, we, we were on the road, and uh, I was invited to speak. That's why we, we were on the road. And uh, I was out in the lobby greeting people, and everybody left nearly. And a guy came up to me and said, that was the greatest sermon I ever heard in my life. Well, Nancy was close enough she heard him. And uh, we got out in the car. She never said a word. Uh, We were driving out of the parking lot, and finally, I couldn't stand it any longer. I said, Nancy, did you happen to hear what that man said? She said, I did, and he must have not heard very many people or been very many places. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Lord, we really want to honor you tonight because you're the Lord of the church, And uh, you're the Lord of vision, you're the Lord of ideas, you're the Lord that creates faith and courage in people's hearts, so to God be the glory, great things he has done, and we thank you for it. So help us tonight and give us uh, thoughts and words that will challenge all of us and encourage us that the God of yesterday is the God of today and the God of tomorrow and will always be God. And for that, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, let, let me drop a couple of scriptures on you. I could, there are was, there was so many more I could do. But I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. These things uh, I have, uh, which, which you have learned and received, and uh, and and heard and seen in me do and the god of peace will be with you isn't that wonderful that the lord comes and comes and ministers to us and helps us to remember the thing. And the, 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 the psalmist also said, on my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Uh, I don't know if you like me. I don't sleep very well, so I got a lot of time to think about God in the night. And to think about his goodness. I want to, I want to encourage you tonight. Um, memory is a wonderful thing. Uh, and it's a tragic thing, and it happens to a lot of us when we begin to lose our, our ability to remember. Um, my memory seems to be okay. My balance is bad. But I told the pastor tonight, maybe when my balance goes, or maybe when my brain goes, my balance will come back. So I, I don't know if that'll happen or not. But it, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, and I, I, we got to remember that God does not live in the cerebellum. He lives in the spirit. Uh, when, you, when Jeff, our son, and when I say Jeff, that will, I'll be referring to our son, who was four years old when we arrived. Uh, Pastor Tom, you talked about you know the new guy and uh, the young guy. He's he's really an old guy. I think he's I think he's 39 years old. I was only 33 when I came here. So he he is uh, he's he's bringing a lot of age here that uh, I didn't have. But Jeff was with me one day and uh, we were in a rest home. Uh, an interesting thing when you're visiting one of your parishioners in a rest home they may die but you've been talking to the guy in the next bed and uh you 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 kind of hate to to leave him alone and uh, this guy had never been to this church i didn't know anything about him really but i continued to go back and see him and jeff was with me one day and i went in and he was kind of rocking on his bed holding himself up and uh, uh, he must have had internal pain. He was trying to relieve himself. And I said, uh, Mr. Jones, how are you doing today? He said, uh, I'm really tired. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, I'm working too hard. Well, I said, why don't you just take a day off? He said, I can't. I'm the only guy that knows how to do it. And he was just way out in Lulu land. And I said... Let's have a prayer before I left. And as I began to pray, I had no idea that he had any kind of a Pentecostal background. And as I began to pray, he began to pray in tongues. And as we were walking down the hall, I said, Jeff, you may lose your marbles someday, but if you got God, you've got everything you need. See, this is where God lives. He doesn't live up here. He lives in our, in our spirit. Uh, I I read uh, the other day where only 25 people in the world remember every detail of their lives. Only 25 people on planet Earth. I told Jeff that, and he said, well, you must be in the next 25. (laughs) Uh, I've stated before that it's good and proper to remember the past. But the past is never to be worshiped. And that's a very specially true and a serious admonition for some of us older people because we have a tendency to want to remain the same and we long for the good old days. I preached a sermon in this church, my title was The Seven Last Words of the Church. And you know those words. We've never done it that way before. And those are the words that will destroy, that will destroy a church, it'll destroy a life, it'll destroy a business. If we aren't innovative and want to move on. Maya Angelou said, if you don't know where you've come from, you don't know where you're going. And Pastor Tom, that's why I think tonight You are to be commended for inviting this old guy back because we're gonna try to just in a few minutes capitalize on where we've been, but if we don't know where we've been, it's pretty hard to know where we're going. I've learned that a God-given dream will come to pass if it's God's dream. If it's just some smoke dream we have, forget it. But if it's God's dream, it will come to pass and he will send us the people and the resources to get the job done. There's an old Japanese proverb that says, vision without action is a daydream and action without vision is a nightmare and i also say that vision without execution is a hallucination there are two sides of god's dream without god i cannot and without god uh, without us god will not i made that i said that once in a sermon and a young lady in this church made a motto that i hung in my office where i could see it every day without God I cannot and without us God will not this church was a great place to raise our son this positive environment that I sense here today was life-changing Nancy and I purposed in our heart because I grew up in this kind of a home and um, I never in my all my growing up years i never heard a negative word about another person so nancy and i purposed in our home that jeff would never hear a critical word about any person and any difficult or any challenge or any problem that might arise in the church and it was funny when jeff jeff had finished seminary and was in dallas texas and on a church staff and one night he called us at home. Nancy was, Nancy was upstairs and I was downstairs. We were both on the phone. And there was some kind of challenge in the church. I had no idea what was, they were going through. And his voice was quivering. And he, you could tell he was under some tremendous pressure. And he said, Dad, you've never been through anything like this. <laughs> I was laughing so hard I couldn't talk. And I I heard Nancy say, well, Jeff, your dad and I have had a few challenges in life, but we just never talked about them at home. It just was not part of of, of our life. You, You see, and your children, your children need to hear you pray for your pastor every day. I grew up in a home where my pastor dad prayed for the network leader, every day of my life before we went to church i mean i mean to school every morning we had a prayer and my dad would oh, and he used these words or oh, king james words kind of he would always say and god bless those who have the rule over us in the lord and then he would pray for the district leader uh, then when i was a teenager he dropped by our house one day i thought god came because my dad had been praying for him every day. When I became, when I assumed that position, I knew it, it, that wasn't God, but uh, I, it was. It was. It, it, I had that respect that God. And I think if you will do that, when your little children and as they grow up, when they come to church, they will see this man of God and say, "That's the man that my dad prays for and my mother prays for every day." and they will grow to love him and they will grow to respect him and they'll grow to listen to him as, as we create that kind of a positive environment i thank god for the people who have prayed for me through the years my sister's here tonight uh she she and missionary Jean ness deserted california and moved to or- to albany we had a, we had a grandma in our lives uh, my sister and i never really had a grandma we had a grandma but our, only one grandma and she never learned to speak english and uh, so we we never got close to her and uh, but we had an old grandma in our church she used to take care of us and uh, we loved her we, we kind of kept in contact with her through her kids and through her, I got to see her a few times. Well, Nancy and I moved to California early on and when we came to Salem, I inquired and found and said, is Grandma Pappin still alive? And somebody said, yes, she is and she's in a rest home down in Eugene. So Nancy and I went down to Eugene one day to this rest home and we found her. She was totally blind by now. And I walked to the door of her room, and I said, hi, Grandma. And she said, Denny, I can think I'd ever get to see you again. She knew my voice. And a few few weeks later, my mother went down there and went to Grandma's room. She was down on her knees with her head buried in a rocking chair, and she was praying. While we were there that day, she said, Denny, I have prayed for you every day of your life and i'll tell you when grandma died something died within me i told that story i used to go to the state penitentiary on occasion i uh and uh to to, to speak to the guys and I got acquainted with an old guy out there. He was there as long as I was in Salem, so he must have done something pretty bad. <laughs> you, you, when, you, when you go to the pen, you don't ask the guys, how, how come you're here? You just kind of love on them. And so uh, I, got to, I got acquainted with old Gus out of the pen. And I told this story one time in more detail about Grandma. I went back a few weeks, months later, and as the prisoners were being taken back to their cells, out of the corner of my eye, I could see old Gus hanging back. He was an old man by now, and uh, he waited till everybody left, and it, then he came by, and I shook his hand, and he said, I took Grandma's place. I didn't know what he was talking about. I said, you what? He said, I took grandma's place. I said, what do you mean? He said, I pray for you every day. He said, sometimes I forget and I only pray once. <laughs> he said, usually I pray for you three times every day. I hugged him and I said, Gus, you couldn't have told me anything that would bless and help me more than to know that you're praying for me. Hear this old guy rotting in prison for years but he was praying for me every day we don't know the people that have prayed for us none of us do and uh, one day i was at at a convention and a lady came up to me and said i have your picture in a place where i pray and i pray for you every day oh i said that's wonderful she said my son came to salem and you led him to jesus and he went down to grants pass and was killed in an industrial construction accident and my boys in heaven today because of you i didn't remember the boy i didn't remember anything about it but there was a lady that was praying for me every day and that means everything to me and so would you, you, every day, you hold this man of God up in prayer and pray for his family and those little kids that are growing up that they'll have the same opportunity that my boy did to grow up in this church in this positive atmosphere and to love to be here and, and, to, and to love the church because everybody loves them. And always remember, they're They're kids. Uh, Well, anyway, Uh, now, I've got to conclude. Usually, I have several conclusions, and I have about three finales, and uh, uh, there is a clock up there. There was never a clock in this church when I was here. (laughs) Never, ever. and the, the 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 people i it used to bother me in the last service because when the lunch sack started rattling i knew i'd probably preach too long but uh uh most of the people that grew up under my ministry they didn't bring watches they brought calendars but uh i i there there there's a clock up there tonight i i, I like the one that's down the the lower one because i have no idea what that one is but also i'll look at that one instead of that red face up there we, we didn't a clock in the pulpit where only i saw it but then the then then the 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 young guys found out that they could get here and set an alarm in that clock and so right in the middle of my sermon that alarm would go off now i i i want to i want to just share with you those three memorable days and i'll be real quick on the last two but i want to talk about what brought us that first one that was the night we voted to relocate when i came here we had we had moved in the church had moved in to the church on summer street it was not finished the city had boarded up one floor you couldn't even get to it and um we got busy and began to work on i don't think i don't think the church was finished yet and i knew in my heart that we could not do for god in that limited uh, parking was really the challenge and the limited space. We could not do what God wanted to do through this church in this city. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I was away from here, but at 3 o'clock in the morning, God gave me an idea. i I'd give him all the credit, and I, I got up, and I wrote, down th- I wrote down four possibilities that we could do as a church we came back and had a business meeting and here were the possibilities. Uh, I had two, two, two uh, cameras going at the same time. One, the possibility, and the other one was how much it was going to cost. That's, that's beside the point. Number one was stay where we are and maintain what we have. Number two, start churches in other areas of the city. Number three, Buy up more houses. We were buying houses around the church. Buy up more houses and build a parking garage and go to dual sessions. The fourth thing was to relocate. The congregation voted that night and we voted on all four propositions at one time. 93% of the congregation said, let's go. I could not believe it. It was the most exciting moment of my life to see the faith of those people to and you it's, it's, it's a long ways to say let's do it and then to see that it gets done during those days we had the late now tony fontaine uh so, you you, you got to be one of the old timers to remember the night that tony fontaine came Tony Fontaine uh, was, uh, had been wonderfully saved. He was still vice president of the Screen Actors Guild in Hollywood. And uh, Tony came to do a five-day crusade. We had a guy in the church that was selling TV time, TV ads. He came to me and said, I can, I can sell you an ad and we can advertise Tony Fontaine. Tony Fontaine was singing on the Katherine Kuhlman show in those days. I, I, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you, we paid $12 for that ad. And right on Sunday morning, right at the end of the Katherine Kuhlman program, the ad came on channel 12 in Portland. That night, by actual count, we had 1,200 and 32 people in that building downtown that seated 700 there was no there was tony could only stand here there were people every place well you can imagine if the if the fire department would have come by fire marshal we probably wouldn't even be here tonight (laughs) They, they, they they would have shut us down for eternity 1,232 people were in that room, and Tony gave an altar call. Now what do you do? (laughs) So I got up and said, there's a door right over here on the side, and there's a little auditorium upstairs. I'm going through that door, and if you have made a decision to follow Jesus, you follow me. A hundred people followed me up those stairs. And that was the beginning of a revival in this church that has never stopped. It, it, created some, it created something in all of our hearts to believe God, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, He could do anything. Now, uh, there is power in a dream, but remember, God-given dreams are tested, and a God-given dream may take time and a god-given dream will encounter trials but i want you to believe this hang on because a god-given dream will have a triumph in the darkest time of my time here we had we had voted to build we had bought this property i should tell you a little story about the property we found this property, this 13 acres. And the lady that owned it wanted $65,000 for this 13 acres. We, we didn't have 65, and there was no, we, we couldn't raise it. So I went to her the next year and said, we're still interested in that property. She said, oh, it's 100,000 now. And um, so I went to the board and I said, you know, I was here last year. It was 65, and it's 100 now. They said, "Hell yeah, you'll come back next year and it'll be 200. Let's do it. And she said, I will let you do it if you'll give me $10,000 down and we'll finance the rest. I, we, we didn't have $10,000. But, but the, the church knew it, the board knew it. And one Sunday morning at the end of the service, the head usher came to me and handed me a slip of paper with 10 men's names on that, that each said, we'll give $1,000 this week for the new property. One of our men that morning was driving a Sunday school bus, and he went to the head usher and gave him a $1,000 check. And the head usher said, what's that for? He said, that's for our new property. And we need 10 guys to do this. Well, the head usher said, I can do that. And he went around and got the other eight to do it. And we were on our way. To this property. Can you imagine today? Roland, can you imagine buying this property today for $100,000? I mean, it's an amazing, an amazing story. And that produced just uh, a, a, a wonder. But I always try to tell you about my dark day because nothing happened. We got the sign out here, future home of the people's church, but nothing happened because we owned a church downtown and my faith, I'm sorry, my faith was not big enough to leave a church downtown. We'd already done that once over on a cottage in Hood and I, and I kind of inherited that building. And we, I said, we're not gonna do this. Nancy said, oh, are you gonna tell them? I can't, I don't have time, Nancy. How it all came together. In 30 days, it all came together and we were able to sell that church and be on our way here. Those were dark days, though, even from then to here. And in my darkest day, a church called me. And uh, I was so discouraged that Nancy and I took a trip. And uh, this church really, I told them, if I ever write a book on how to get a pastor, I'll give you a whole chapter. Uh, They, when we arrived in that city, they had a car waiting for us. Uh, went to the hotel, and uh, the, the um, person at the desk said, just put the key in the keyhole. I, I didn't know what she was talking about, but I didn't want to act like the country bumpkin I am. So uh, we got in the elevator, and we saw all the floors, but w- she hadn't given us a floor number or a room number. There was a keyhole. I put the key in the keyhole and twisted it, and the elevator took off. And... It finally stopped and opened, and they had rented the whole penthouse on the top of the hotel for us. There were flowers there on the coffee table. There were little gifts there. And, uh, oh, a little banner, welcome, Danny and Nancy. Then I came home, and the next week, somebody called me every day. I didn't know who they were, but they called me every day from that city and said, We know that you're God's man for this city. And then they sent their city newspaper delivered to me every day for a week. And at that time, Dr. Robert Schuler was invited by a group here in the city to come speak. They packed the the armory auditorium. And the, the sponsoring group said to me, because I'd already had some relationship with Shuler, they said, Would you introduce him? And I said, I would be honored. So I get to the green room, hoping that I'll have a chance to talk to Schuler, but he doesn't show up. And I learned later when I was working with him, he never shows up. He would always ask me, when is when does the meeting start? And he would never get there before five minutes before the thing started. So he arrives just about the time we're supposed to go on the stage. And so I'm I'm, I'm talking as we walked through the corridors the and tell him my sad story. But I said, I've got a great opportunity. This church has just bought a 52-acre golf course. They, they the, the, the city chamber of commerce told me they're, gonna, they're going to uh, uh, have a four-fold increase in population in the next 10 years. And I told him all the wild stories they'd been telling me. He said, how long have you been here? I said, eight years. He took a coin out of his pocket, this coin, and slapped it in my hand and he said, you take that coin and build that church for God because if you don't, nobody will. I didn't know what the coin was. We're on on the stage by then. It's in my pocket and I got home that night and I read on one side of the coin, there are three scriptures. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm um, 49. The second one is, if God is for me, who can be against me? Jeremiah. The third scripture was, you shall live and not die. On the other side of that coin, there's a prayer that says, thank you, God, for solving so many of my problems in the past. I, 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 I praise you, God, and help me today. I need you, and I trust you. Amen. I put that coin in my pocket, and I carried it every day. And I felt it every day. Nobody else ever saw it. Until the first Sunday of 1978, when we moved into this church, <laughs> I pulled the coin out of my pocket. And my sermon subject that day was the coin that built a $2 million church. I was a little embarrassed because Schuler had sent some people up, some of his staff guys, to sit on the front row. And I was using all of his material. And so <laughs> it, 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 it was a little embarrassing for me. But, but, but my, my, second, my second most memorable day was the movie on Sunday on that first day of 1978. I was so excited, I couldn't sleep that night. I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and came down here. It was dark, and nobody here, of course, at 4. I prayed over every seat in this church. Every place in the balcony, I walked this whole place. I I laid my hands on every place in this church and said, God, there's going to be people sitting in these seats in today and in the future that are going to need you. And I pray that a special anointing will be right here where they sit. And that was an exciting day. I, you know, I anticipated that we might open the balcony in three or four years The balcony was open the first day. Nancy stood out in the lobby and cried. We couldn't believe where all the people came from. They came from every place. And uh, most of them stayed. (laughs) And so so it was just, it, it was absolutely the most, one of the most memorable days. And then my third most memorable day was our final day. You were so, you were so kind to us. That was the greatest day of my life and now pastor tom i just sent him he asked me to do it i wouldn't have i wouldn't have pushed it on him he asked me to send him the uh, videos and now don Fols told me tonight they've made them into dvds for me and for pastor tom to, that we can see history together and i think that is so great but that was that was the most wonderful day of appreciation that was expressed to nancy and me after those 20 years now let's just talk for a moment about the present. The the, the transition was amazing, and I mentioned that this morning. Pastor Tom and Jennifer are here. I am totally convinced, and you are too, that they are here in the will of God and also in the timing of God. It has already been demonstrated that Pastor Tom is a man of faith. And he's a man of vision and a man of courage. In, in the words of the old Carpenter song, I know you don't listen to secular music, but the Carpenters had that wonderful old song, We've Only, it's, we've only Just Begun. And I, that, that should be the theme song of People's Church. I know, get some Christian words to it and sing it. But... <laughs> John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it in all of its fullness. This church will remain strong and and the people and the place that God has intended as long as we stay close to his word and we need to continually be going back once again and again to the basics of the christian faith this is not a new deal it may be a new day but it's not a new deal it's the eternal infallible inspired unchangeable word of god i love this story and i have told it often I, I, of, of the legendary uh, football coach, Tom, uh, uh, Vince Lombardi. You know, Vince was very disappointed when they had lost the Super Bowl. The next year, when all these grizzled veterans that really knew the game showed up for football, he walked in, Lombardi walked into the dressing room with a football in his hand, and he said, gentlemen this is a football and he went back that day to the basics and the foundation of what football was all about i want to leave you in my second closing the foundations of life which is also the foundation of the christian faith remember as we hear the words of of Jesus today and why he came he did not come to start a new religion the world was full of religion he came to bring us a new life he did not come to elevate himself but to show us what God is like he did not come to condemn us but to bring us to God he did not come to taunt us in our sins but to deliver us from the power of sin. He did not come to give us a new set of rules, but to rule in our hearts by his power. Not to put us in bonds, but set us free from the bondage of sin. Now for my, I hope it's my final closing. I want to just talk for a second about the future of this church. It's not the beautiful facilities. I love these facilities. You can't match these facilities any place. I love the facilities, but that's not the future of this church. It's not the kind of cars that are parked out in the parking lot. That's, that's, not, the, that's not the strength of this church. It's not, it's, 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 not, it, it's not where we have attained popularity in a, in a community. But the success of this church will be of the people who find Christ here and the homes and the marriages that are put back together and the people who are involved in seeing a community, a world and lives changed by the power of God. That will be the future of the success of this church. And if that isn't happening, there is no reason for us to be. All we're doing then, we, we just got a nice club out here on Lancaster. But I wanna tell you, kids, this is not a club. This is a place where people's lives are being changed. And the greatest, mem- the greatest memories I have are those of people who found Christ in this place. Rich Butler's here tonight. I love Rich. And I remember on a Sunday morning, April 22nd, 1979, I know exactly where you sat, Rich. I know exactly where you were. I could point the seat out to you right now. Rich Butler walked in with a cast on his arm, black eyes. He'd been in a drunken brawl the night before. Walked into his house and when he walked in, his wife walked out. And I don't know how you got a hold of people to people in those days, but some way, I remember the story, right, Rich? It was laying on your dining room table, and Rich, in his despair, walked over and saw that people to people, and something told him, you need to get there. Rich had already wrecked a Corvette, drunk again, and hit a bridge abutment out here and walked away from that one. God has his hand on this man. (laughs) but that those are the things that have happened in this church and then i remember on an easter sunday oh i loved easters here i gave an invitation and i would always stand down here and people began to come and a lady i had never seen her before she came down to the altar and threw her arms around me and uh, probably it was the first hug i'd had all day no i'm kidding Uh, (laughs) And uh, I met her afterwards. She had received Christ that morning. She had read our church display ad the day before. Uh, We did rather a foolish thing. My picture was in the ad. And that should have scared people away. But when she looked at the paper, something told her. I know who the something is. It's not a something, it's a someone. The Holy Spirit spoke to her. In her lostness and in her despair, and said, "You've got to meet that man." And the next day, she came and found Christ as her Savior. A few months later, her husband got saved. All of her kids got saved. Her mother got saved. Her sister and her his her husband got saved. See, that's the wonderful uh, ripple effect of the gospel. When somebody finds Christ, you don't know what's going to happen. The lives they're going to touch. When I think of all the lives that Rich Butler has touched through the years, it's amazing that he walks into this room one day, and God does a miracle in his life. Uh, by the way, Pastor Tom, uh, those, those advertisements in the paper saved my neck a lot of times. For 26 years, I never missed one Saturday... That was before I got here and after, I never missed one Saturday in 26 years without having an ad in the paper with my sermon subject. I remember one Sunday a guy blew in here and he said, God sent, I'd never seen him before, he said, God sent me here today because I have a message for the people. Well, I said, that's interesting because I have one too. <laughs> and uh, and, and, and I've advertised mine, and I don't want to be untruthful in advertising, so I'll do mine, and thanks anyway. I don't know who he was. I never saw him again. He, he must have taken his message someplace else. I, 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 had, I had a business guy in my office one day, and so we got done with our business, and I said, uh, do you ever go to church? He said, no, I don't go to that. I'm having too much fun sinning. And uh, uh, he, uh, he said, uh, I said, he said, what are you going to talk about Sunday? Oh, I said it's in the paper every week. I said, "You ever look at those ads in, over on the church page?" Nah, he said, "I never look at that." I said, what would I?" I said, you, "If I put an ad in the sports section, would you see it?" There? Nah, I don't always read the sports section. I said, "Where would I have to put an ad to get you?" Well, he said, "I read the classifieds every day." So I went down to the newspaper. We ran our regular ad, but in the personal columns. I put in rather bold letters, do you you have, let's say, do you have fears? Then feed your faith and your fears will starve to death is the message that Pastor Dennis Davis is speaking on Sunday. Several weeks later, I mean weeks later, early on Sunday morning before I left to come here, my phone rang and it was this guy. He said, hey man, I just read the comics and I didn't find out what you're talking about today which told me he had read those personal columns. <laughs> but he and his wife came, and uh, we, we became wonderful friends. Unfortunately, he moved away from town before he received Christ as his Savior. But uh, you see, there, there, there's, there's power in advertising. Well, that's the future and the hope of this church. William and Mary College was located, it is located in Williamsburg, Virginia. And it was closed, it's 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 the oldest college in the East. It was closed in 1861 during the Civil War. The students all left, the faculty all dispersed. The only person who stayed was the president. And he stayed in his house on the campus the totally deserted campus. Every morning, he would walk across the quiet and deserted campus, and he would ring the college bell. Someone asked him, why are you ringing the bell? There's no students here. He said, every time I ring the college bell, I'm reminded that there's going to be a tomorrow. And that this college will open again. And when I ring the bell, it seems to say to me, I believe in tomorrow. Every day for two years, he walked across that campus and rang the bell. The Civil War ended. The students came roaring back to the campus. And he walked across the campus and rang the bell again and said I believe in today and that's what God is saying to this wonderful church tonight I want you by faith to keep ringing the bell because God has a great tomorrow there may be some there may be some challenging times in your own life there may be some dreams that takes a long time to come to pass But if it's God's dream and God's vision and your faithfulness and courage to buy into it, God is going to do it. I wish I lived in Salem. I'd like to be part of that dream and what God's going to do in this church. If I, thought, if I thought that, the, that the, the blessing of God and the future of this church had already happened, I would be the most disappointed and discouraged person in the world. But I believe that we are sitting tonight in this church on the edge of the greatest days of miracles and the expression of faith that we have ever witnessed in this city. This city needs God. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, this church will never be a success until every person in Salem, Oregon knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. We, will, we can never pat ourselves on the back and say, aren't we doing... As long as there's one person out there that yet to find Jesus, we've got a work to do. Now, I just, I just want to have a closing prayer. I, when... Um, when, when Pastor Tom called me and then two weeks ago tonight, I, just, I, I, was, I was sitting uh, there on a Sunday night and just, I, I just felt a surge of faith pour into my heart for this night. I think God wants to do something special for us right now in this service.